0: The Mac Observer's Mac Gab number 470, for Monday, October 14th, 2013. <music> readings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Gab, the show where you send in today cool stuff found yeah i know normally we answer questions and share tips and tips will be part of this today and i'm sure we'll come up with some questions but today it's all about cool stuff found here back in durham new hampshire usa i'm dave hamilton and here still
1: in fairfield Connecticut,
0: john f Braun. So I had had quite the travels last week, John. In fact, you and I got to see each other uh, throughout my travels. I headed down. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd
1: just blow past me. When I saw you on 95, I was like, oh, I hope you'll stop by.
0: So yeah, we... uh, And I did. Had a a fine meal. We did have a fine meal. Excellent conversation. Fine meal. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) The sushi boat. The sushi sushi boat. boat. Yeah, you got to do... When you do sushi, you got to do the boat. So, yeah, I, I spoke down in Princeton for uh, the the Mug group, and and several of you came out, and uh, and at least uh, one listener came out, and I think uh, Brent is in the chat room here, and I never got to shake your hand. So, uh, if you ever come and see me uh, speak or if we just happen to be in the same place, please do interrupt me, whatever I am doing, and, and tell me who you are because uh, I I I and I mean this, I really do love meeting uh, listeners. It's uh, the fact that you folks listen and, and contribute and all of that really does mean a lot to uh, to me. And I know it means a lot to you, John. So I would uh, I w- I'd love to meet folks. But there, yeah, then on my way back, uh, sort of on my way back, I had uh, I had a, um, a, a, essentially I had a day to kill. So I went to uh, came back to Connecticut. John, you and I hung out for a while. Played with uh, with your disc station a little bit, which I think we'll probably talk about during the show. Because I think you're you're starting to see the light on those, and then, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think I hooked you up with a couple of couple of goodies. Yeah, that's right, that's true. I gotta get those out of my car. I totally forgot, forgot about those because it's been it's been a, a crazy whirlwind trip. Because I, from your house essentially, I drove up to um, to Canada. I drove up to Montreal. <laughs> You cross the border. I they did. Let, did they let they let you in? They, you know, letting going. <laughs> I've never had trouble getting in. I did. I'll tell this story because, as those, uh, I'll say hello to everybody in the chat room, macgeekgab.com slash stream, who all know that this show's already off the rails. But yeah, in uh, in nineteen ninety five, I walked across the border to Canada. I was on the road with a band, and we were in the Niagara Falls area. So we walked across the border. We played like skee ball and whack a mole or whatever, and uh, you know, just stupid stuff. And then when we came back. They said, uh, you know, uh, uh, proof of citizenship. So we all you know, told them, oh, we're U.S. citizens. Here's our uh, here's our driver's licenses. Now, remember, this is pre 9-11 and there is a technical uh, aspect that sort of blew me away to this story uh, way pre 9-11. And so they're like, uh, that's great. You can drive in our country now uh, about that citizenship thing we mentioned. Uh, yeah, we didn't have anything there. And there were three of us. I was number two in line. And uh, I didn't realize they never said anything. I didn't even think to ask if a social security card at that point in time would have been enough because I probably had mine folded in my wallet with me. But it didn't matter. I didn't think of it. So they said, "Okay, you know, we kind of told them what we were doing on the road. We didn't think blah, blah, blah. And um, and they said, "Okay." Uh, they asked the first guy, state your name and city and state of birth. And this is it, like a tiny little shack on the bridge that you walk, you know, between the two countries in, in or around Niagara falls. And uh, again, 1995, he gives them his name, city and state of birth. They type it into their little computer and they say, okay, yep, you're good to go. And this blew me away that they had everybody in accessible in their little uh, database terminal there. So, uh, they, uh, so I did the same thing. And then of course the, the last guy, um, They asked him where he was born, and he said he was born in Gander, Newfoundland, and they kind of gave him, you know, they raised their eyebrow and said, what makes you think you're a U.S. citizen? And he explained how he was adopted and naturalized by the by the time he was five. So they actually gave they ran him through the ringer a little bit and then finally made him uh, uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance, which I thought was we all thought was kind of funny, but it uh, it got him through. So, yes, this time I had my passport with me, John, both ways and getting into canada was no problem uh getting out actually was no problem there was just a a line of traffic that maybe lasted 20 minutes uh coming across the border
1: but do you have an enhanced uh driver's license no or, uh, oh okay no i don't know you've probably heard of that i have so. yeah i just use my passport going in and out okay cuz i haven't tested yet cuz my understanding is that the the you know the the driver's license plus uh
0: Could be used for you know kind of the same thing as for 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 those yeah those land based border crossings I think that's right yeah yeah all right yeah well you made it through good good I did but while I was up there they didn't they didn't get my call (laughs) they no no thankfully yeah but what was funny was you know they ask you uh, both ways either why are you going here or what did you come here for and uh, and I told them I'm heading up to a a, you know I'm going to Montreal. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to a conference in Montreal and I'm going to be back on Sunday. And I was going to the Singleton conference and the the border guard in Canada or heading into Canada knew about it. He's like, Oh, a developers conference. I thought, Whoa, yeah, there's like 130 people that go to this thing. How do you know about it? But anyway, he knew, and it was, I love these small conferences. I know in the the last show I talked about Mac tech, um, the Singleton was fantastic. And, uh, and, and, it, one of the coolest parts about it, John, was how many former Mac Geek Gab listeners I ran into. Right, because most of these people are uh, developers, right? So they they tend not to need this type of of Q and A help. Some some developers uh, do, but a lot. And I and I've always expected this that there's people you know that that start listening and then and then at some point may graduate beyond what uh, what we do here, and that's okay. And so it was really cool to see all these these people who, you know, I mean, it's, you know, either started developing after Mac, you know, after they listened to Mac Geekab or uh were developing on Windows and came, you know, over to the Mac and, and listened to us, you know, as they kind of got their feet wet for a couple of years, ex et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and it, it was it was it was awesome it's so awesome to, to, you know, hear from all these people that are doing great things that, Oh yeah, I used to listen to your show and you helped me do this. It was very heartwarming. Um, so any of you who are developers, this is a, a conference you want to go to. It's, it's very, um, it's small. As I said, you know, 150 people or less organized by, uh, guy English and Luke Vandal and Scott Morrison. And, uh, it really is about it's one of those conferences that that that's um as much about networking. Um, the sessions are this year were focused on what they called core core values and they sort of left that definition open. And it was a lot of it was a um, oh, what's the right way to say it? Um, 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 inspirational stuff you know people people trying to inspire one another uh and and that's that's a good thing you you know i mean it's not the kind of thing you want to do every day you actually want to get work done most days but uh but it is good to kind of steep yourself in that for a couple days every now and again so anybody out there who's a developer i highly recommend checking out singleton uh, if and when they do it next year well worth it and you get to go to montreal it's almost like a different country up there john that's supposed to be true there you go yeah yeah, no,
1: I see the cast characters here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a few of these. Yeah, at least interacted
0: with the, it's the nice. them. It's nice, you know. Conferences of that size, and and I've, I, I lump Mac Tech into this too. Uh, th- there's something to be said about the large conferences, like like a MacWorld Expo and and that sort of thing. But there is an obvious pecking order, and or not pecking order hierarchy that that and 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 I'm guilty of this too, where You know, there's there's people that are less approachable and more approachable or or just scenarios that paint themselves this way. And uh, and Macworld's not too bad about this, but but there are you know, there there are different things happening that not everyone is involved in or not everyone is feels welcome at, even though they might be welcome at it. And and at smaller conferences. It's 100 percent flat. You know, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter who you are. And if you're there, you're there and you're involved in everything. And and, and it's it, you can't do this at a large scale. You can't have everybody eat their meals together and uh, and do all their social events together and all that stuff. And but at a small conference, you can and it totally makes it, it flattens all that out. And everybody's just really comfortable and we'll chat with with whoever. And I mean, it, it, it really is a, a it it is a good thing to attend those smaller conferences, too, for sure, for sure. So, anyway, so that's my pitch for Singleton. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was my—it's their third one. It was my first one, and I'm very glad I went. Very glad I went, and I really enjoyed Montreal. Beautiful city. Um, the uh, my 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 inability to speak French was uh, uh, was not really a problem at all. Uh, they were very very kind to me up there, so that was good. Time to move on to Cool Stuff Found or uh, any questions about Singleton or anything else to, to mention before we before we roll on this, John? Nope. I think I get it. Okay. Good. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, Phil. We'll, we'll start and see if we can't pick up the pace here. So Phil says uh, he was taking a look in the airport utility. And if you hold down, you launch the airport utility and when you're selecting your uh, base station or time capsule or whatever it happens to be to edit. Uh, if you hold down the option button while clicking edit, you'll actually be brought to a uh, you'll be given an, an extra summary tab in airport utility. And it gives you all kinds of information, including the Mac addresses of your local, your, your ethernet and, and wifi radios, but also details on each of the wireless clients that is connected uh, and your serial number and the software version and all that stuff. So it's, it's just a cool thing it, you know, it's one of those scenarios where holding down the option key is, uh, is a, an awesome, awesome thing. So don't forget to try it. So thanks, Phil. All right, John, what's next? I, I think Tony is next. All
1: right. And uh, hopefully you got some audio uh, queued up here, but uh, Tony has a, a, Nice tool, especially for people who use a microphone. Let's see. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Hey, Dave and John. Uh, John and Dave, this is uh, Tony in Osaka. Uh, Tony in Osaka, Tony. And uh, we've known each other Twitter a little bit. I've got uh, uh, kind of a good suggestion for uh, your bit of cool stuff found. It's uh, called Shush or Shush Microphone Manager. And it's a great little tool for anyone who uses records on their Mac and, uh, most useful for voice recording, uh, for example, a podcast, but can also be used for Skype or FaceTime type conversations. It's a little app and it sits in the menu bar with a small mic icon with some little sound waves on it. And, uh, you push the function key or your own hotkey and, uh, the mic is muted while you hold the key down and release the key and, um, uh, you're live again. So recording, you need to clear your throat, yell at the dog, take a sip of your beverage, just push the button and uh, you're muted and there's no click sound uh, in or out. It works really well. Uh, it also has a reverse mode where you can just use it to push to talk where you're in a default mute mode and only broadcast when you're holding the button down. And that's um Shush, Microphone Manager. Uh, it's by Mizage, or Mizage, M-I-Z-A-G-E, at uh, Mizage.com. And it's 2 uh, two ninety nine, uh, a real deal. I use it all the time. It's great. And if I can, i like to plug a podcast that um, I do. It's aimed at teachers in general, but specifically English language teachers. And it's uh, Two Teachers Talking. And it's uh, two com And at iTunes, Two so, uh, Teachers Talking. So, teachers, come and give us a listen. And, of course, most importantly, it's deo, and that means don't get caught. (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool.
0: This thing's interesting, John. Uh, You know, the way you and I are set up most of the time, we have mute buttons on our uh, external devices, but I can Mm. see that hugely valuable for a, uh, well, I mean, even for this, right? Because maybe if you don't want to reach over for that. That's interesting. Oh, mine's close enough. Yeah. I just got to make sure I hit the right button. Right.
1: Right. Uh, my mute button is actually next to the uh, FX button and I haven't yet hit that <laughs> by accident. <laughs> much to your, uh, much to your relief. <laughs> much. Hey,
0: eight and a half this years. Board, I it. think
1: has this board, I think has like a hundred sound effects. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. 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 That's good. We like those. That's cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Ben, has uh, a very interesting thing. He says, uh, in iOS 7, I saw this in Notification Center. And what he's talking about is uh, the new Notification Center that scrolls down from the top of the screen as you swipe down. And in the Today view, uh, it gives you contextual information. It gives you the weather for where you are. Uh, But one of the things he noticed is he had an appointment uh, away from his office and it says traffic is unusually heavy on the way to your destination. The driving time is X and, uh, and that's just all happening automatically, which uh, I think is really cool. So, so check that out. It, I love using this uh the night, like at night before I go to bed or just to get a picture of what it's, you know, it's the today tab, but it's not just today. Um, if it's at night, it'll tell you what tomorrow Looks like, and uh, and I and I find that really handy. It's a nice, you know, nice little thing. So, have you checked that out, John? Good stuff. Which one? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm In iOS <laughs> seven, right the the, the notification oh, center, I haven't, the Today I haven't, tab. Yeah, I haven't seen traffic notifications. Well, center. you don't have appointments uh, away from your house, right?
1: Uh, ah, good point. No, I right? thought I. Yeah, I, so I guess having a location would, uh, would make that. Uh, right,
0: you need to have put the location in the event on your calendar. That's cr- yeah, that's a very good point. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I did the other day. I was actually up at. Uh, well, maybe the there was no stairs. traffic. No. Uh no, yeah, actually there wasn't a lot. So uh, no, that's nice because yeah, a lot of the tools you and I use, like uh, actually the one that you used, uh, which which is very
0: cool, uh, Glimpse, I believe. Oh, that's right. So that you'd know when I was going to arrive at your house
1: yeah no that one's very cool I actually had the actually uh, one of the authors I think actually got back to me because I made a feature request that I'd like to be able to uh, control the uh, speed and direction of the uh, vehicle that I'm tracking and and it does not yet allow that wait what? (laughs) Well, I was watching you and I see you going, you know, it, it shows your speed if you want to display that, I guess. You know, yeah, I get to choose whether whether you get to see my speed. That's right. But, but I no, did, there was one yeah. point and I don't know if you can do this with that tool. So, uh, yeah, I think it's G-L-Y-M-P-S-E for people who want to try it out. I think that's how they misspell it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, no, but I thought it was cool because at one point I saw you and I didn't know if you knew. But there was like one point where I'm like, oh, maybe he wants to go this way instead. And you didn't. But I think it'd be kind of cool if, if people would be able to send you a message, maybe, you know, telling you a better way than, oh, than their tool. Oh,
0: that's interesting. You know
1: what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. at one point I saw where you could have either taken 95 or taken the Hutch. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he knows that, you know, maybe taking the Hutch may, maybe is an option. Right, right, right. And it is, but you already knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not any longer. But um, That's interesting, though. Yeah, but it was neat. No, the author. Uh, I think they're. Uh, I think they're based in Germany. So. Um, oh
0: okay. Yeah, I snuck that one in there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, all right. Uh, since you snuck that in, sneak the next one in.
1: Yeah, I almost didn't find it because it wasn't in our uh, folder here, but now I have it. It was somewhere else on my system, but anyways, this. Uh, oh yes, this is from our buddy Scott. So. Um, this looks like a good reference for Mac geeks who periodically kvetches, kvetches? That he needs to learn more about regular expressions. Of course, I know this stuff and don't need a cheat sheet. And it's basically a regular expression reference for BB Edit. And uh, you know, well, we'll link to it, of course, along with the, all the other good stuff here. But um, if you use BB Edit to work with text files, uh, you're, you're aware of, well, you should be aware of. Uh, the regular expression capability within BBEdit. So this helps you understand that because uh, based on what I've seen, be, uh, regular expressions uh, can look like line noise <laughs> 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 or a random, ran, uh, seemingly random assembly of uh, special characters. So uh, having a reference as to how, uh, then I guess regular expressions can let you, you know, search, replace, uh, all, all sorts of stuff, right?
0: Uh yeah you could replace with a regular expression yeah i usually use them for searches it's a the way i think of uh regular expressions is that they are a filter on something and then you can and then you can do something once you have a filtered set of data uh but but yes you can do replacements with them but uh yeah it's it's i mean it's massively powerful and oh so arcane in its syntax um I, I'm not even going to bother to try and explain it here. A, because it won't make sense to hear it audibly, and B, I will most certainly get it wrong. Um, and and B, I think Trumps A in this in this case. But uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a way of structuring um a filter that you then apply to text, and but the text can be a list of file names. The text can be you know text in a document, as it would be for BB Edit, and. It, and you can have variables and, and you can say, OK, if something of this length uh, is in here, but then ends with this character or begins with this character, or has one of these six characters in the middle between this character and that character, then, you know, spit that result out. Very, very powerful. I would say almost infinitely so. But I can't I don't use it regularly enough, uh, which is a pun, right, uh, in to to even begin to remember how to structure a regular expression each time I need to. So it's always this, uh, okay, we'll head down that path. So yeah, this, this reference actually is a a very cool thing. I, we've had it in our queue for a while and I don't know why I'm not using it yet. So I will, I will remedy that. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Moving on to in, in staying in the somewhat geeky realm, but moving on a little bit, Benjamin uh, actually, this isn't all that geeky at all. Uh, Benjamin recommends something called pass source uh, at passsource.com. He says you can use Passsource.com to create pass code or pass book uh, cards for almost anything. He says he was creating them for his rewards cards. uh, And then you download the link via email and it, pops up and offers it to add it to your passbook in iPhone via iCloud. He says, and then about five seconds later, boom, it shows up in passbook. So this is PassSource.com. It's, it's, it's that simple. Um, you, you create your own custom passes um, for free. So check it out. It's pretty cool. I like those passbook things. They're really handy. I've used them for, you know, boarding passes and, Hotel loyalty cards and all that stuff. It's very, very, very handy. Do you use Passbook, John?
1: I was using something else. Let me see if I can... Find oh, okay. It I don't know if it's obsolete. Oh, yeah. Well, here, again, you know, this, this show is kind of... Sometimes all over the place, but... uh, Yeah, yeah. It's called, it's called Cardstar. Okay. And I think it's similar in that it lets you... So, so they have a bunch of loyalty cards, you know, like I have a Stop and Shop card and a BJ's card and stuff like that, and it basically... We'll let you, uh, scan it and then, uh, display it. Oh, I have
0: something better.
1: I think. So I think it's similar in function. Well, no, it's a, it sounds like it's a you know subset of what a, it's a, well, it's, yeah, but it's a targeted subset, right? Um, yeah. And that basically you input, or I think you can scan. And then once it's in here, then it's in here. It's part of like your virtual wallet, if you will. So you uh, don't have to fish around for the, uh,
0: card as long as you have your phone with you, then, then you're, you're set. Sure. So uh, I have another thing uh, that I found in the, in the similar vein called lemon wallet. Uh, and I'm so glad you thought you brought this up because I would have forgotten about lemon wallet. It's uh it's at lemon.com, but there's an iOS app. And in the similar vein, it creates passbook things, but it creates them for anything. And you actually can use the app to scan um, your, your stuff. So, uh, and, and then it will create, uh, uh, passbook cards for anything. So, like I said, I was using mine for hotel loyalty cards, but that's because the app that, um, you know, like starwood hotels has creates a passbook card. Uh, well, if your hotel loyalty program doesn't have an app or the app doesn't create cards, well then you're, you're out of luck. Not so if you use, um, lemon wallet and then and you can also do other things you can add payment credentials to certain you know merchants and stuff so it's at lemon.com is where you start but obviously the ios app you would get from the from the app store so um very cool stuff i like it i like it when stuff spirals out of control like that that's good well we maintain some control what's that Oh, we're trying to maintain a little control. We are. We're staying we're staying focused, I, I think. <laughs> All right. And then we've got uh, AceNet in the chat room suggesting something called Keyring app at keyringapp.com. Uh well, I'm trying to figure out what it does. It um uh, let's see. It says scan and store your existing loyalty cards. Okay, so j- like Lemon Wallet. Uh you can enroll enroll in new loyalty programs. You get exclusive coupons, of course, to encourage you to use the app. Uh Cards can be scanned in seconds and you can join new programs in seconds. So similar kind of thing. Uh very, very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll add that one too. See, this is how it goes. This is cool stuff found on the fly, folks. And it, uh it's how we it's how we do it. Keyring app. All right. Um one that came in via Twitter from Tom is something called tapforms.com, different realm. We're, we're leaving the passbook realm behind, at least for now. Uh, Tapforms essentially is, the best way I can explain it is FileMaker built for mobile stuff, kind of like Bento was, but um, but according to Tom and and several others that that suggested this to us, even more so, it's tapforms.com. They've got three apps. They've got a Mac app, which I believe is 24. Five bucks it's either 25 or 29 um and then the iphone app and the ipad app are each nine dollars eight ninety-nine. 99 and obviously all in their respective app stores and the idea is you can create um personalized databases but they also have templates that you can start with uh and then and again i haven't really i've messed with a little bit but uh according to the the folks who have sent this in tom being one of them it's very easy to use these templates it's very easy to modify them so you can have you know you could create your own contacts database although you may or may not need to do that depending on how well the existing one serves you but a database of movies you want to see a database of uh, you know basically anything you want and and it you can sync with iCloud so that your databases are everywhere you can sync with Dropbox so that your databases are everywhere. And it's very built to be very simple to build uh, your own database in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, graphical way. So you're not actually having to do any coding or anything like that. So it's at tapforms.com, um, uh Thanks Tom. And actually several others for, for sending that in. What's next, John? Am I, am I still, am I still on the spot here? It still oh, I me? think so. Okay, well, this looks to be a related. It, uh, uh, not really. Um, no, no. Coda Coda notes uh, from Leon. He says. Uh, he says on the topic of Safari extensions, I love Coda notes. You can mark up a web page right in Safari and send it off right from within Safari, and it's almost as good as if not better than saving the web page to PDF and doing your own markup and saving and then sending. Coda cuts out at least three steps you would need to do the markup as a PDF. So, it's cool. You 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 go to um uh Panic's page. It's it's from the people that make um Coda, uh, the, the the editor, but but also Transmit, the FTP app and all the other great stuff that Panic does. Uh and it, and once you've added this extension to Safari, it sits there and then you can just tap a button and start literally drawing on the web page now it doesn 't change the web page for everyone that visits it. It allows you to draw on it, and then, as Leon said, you could send that off so uh, I could look at the web page and maybe highlight a couple of things and say, "Hey, John, check this out but i 've now highlighted you know three or four things on the page that I want him to see. I can draw around it, I can type on it, I can type in little sticky notes so that uh, so that he sees you know so that you would see what, what I meant or add, add a little bit of context. Uh, it was built so that as they were redesigning their website, they could make comments about the design. And obviously it would work for that too, but lots of different uses. So pretty cool. It's actually been out for uh, three plus years. And I had, I remembered seeing it uh, when, when Leon sent it in, I remembered, Oh yeah, that's right. That exists. But I never messed with it before. So, uh, so, again, one of those great things for uh, for cool stuff found. It's called Coda Notes, and, of course, we'll have a link in our uh, lovingly handcrafted show notes. That's good, John. All right? Good stuff? Yeah. No, okay. Good way to collaborate on uh, anything that's on a web page. Anything that's on a web page. I agree. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not collaborative, right? I mean, once I make my notes and send them to you, you would then... You know, you, you can't do it live back and forth, but right. Yeah. But yes, yes, it's good. All right. Uh, where are we going here? What are we doing, John? Ooh, I think Joe has something that sounds like it's the future, man. He does. It's cool. Um, Joe says, when I was looking for a GPS app for my iPhone, you had a mini review that indicated Navigon was the best. I bought it and I agree. I just found this neat heads up display unit that works with it and thought it might be of interest to you. And it's called the uh, Garmin because Garmin owns Navigon, the Garmin uh, heads up display. It's a, it's 150 bucks. It's a Bluetooth uh, device and your phone obviously communicates, maybe not obviously, but your phone communicates with this and it reflects, it either reflects off of your, uh, dashboard off you put it on your dashboard and have it shine up and reflect off of your windshield, or you can just flip it up and uh and see this thing, but it gives you uh the the kind of what your car would give you in terms of the heads up on when the next turn is and all of that good stuff. So uh so very cool. It's it you know it's like what they do in, in the higher end cars where you can get the option that that shoots the little heads up display uh and just kind of floats it in the middle of your uh uh, or the lower yeah. portion of your, of your think, windshield. Uh, yeah. Or I think many uh, aircraft as well, and a lot of aircraft have it. Yes. So Done a little do bit I, differently on aircraft. I don't think they. I think with the heads-up display on aircraft, I don't think they reflected off the windshield. Although they might. I, mean, I don't know. A, what, what do I know? Uh, I thought
1: some did, but they, maybe they maybe do. it's embedded in the windshield too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you don't want to take your eyes
0: off the off the road. No. Especially when you're in a plane. <laughs> actually less, less so in a plane. It, it's actually more important in the plane to take your eyes off the, uh, mm-hmm. off the, you know, you've got other things to look at, uh, but in a car, things happen in a lot more real time. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's good. Uh, so thanks. I, you know, I'll also say traveling to Canada, I had to think a lot about, uh, you know, I have an AT&T plan and because my phone is not, is it, because I'm locked into a contract with my phone, John, I can't just buy I uh, I can't unlock my phone. And so I can't buy a local Canadian, you know, prepaid SIM or whatever, and pop it in and just use that. So I'm, I'm stuck using whatever I can get from AT&T. And that if I don't plan ahead and I choose to use data roaming and all that stuff, it gets very expensive. So there were a couple of things I did that I'm going to share here. Number one, um, with, and I don't know if this is true of Verizon. Well, Verizon probably wouldn't work in Canada anyway. Um, maybe it does. No, I think CD, Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, so Canada, Mexico, I think you're you're okay. Anything beyond that, then then it gets uh, okay.
0: Well, with AT and T, if you if your phone is off and someone calls you and it goes to voicemail, you're not that that you're not billed for that call. I was going to say you're obviously not billed for that call, but there are some things that are not obvious so you're not billed and that's fine however if your phone is on and your phone rings and you either ignore it or tell it to you know send it to voicemail uh, immediately uh, not immediately but it, you know if you if you if your phone rings and you tap the button that says ignore and it sends it to voicemail you actually are billed as though a you answered that call And then B, forwarded it to voicemail from wherever, wherever your phone is. So if, for example, I were in Canada and someone were to call me while I was sleeping and I didn't answer the phone and it went to voicemail automatically after, you know, it rang four times, I would. And then they left me a three minute voicemail. I would actually be billed for six minutes of usage, three coming into me. And three, going back out to the U.S. number to which I, uh, you, you know, I, I I, it automatically forwards my calls. So uh, if you if you uh, the way to the way to deal with that is to have all your calls forward automatically. So that's what I did on your iPhone. You can go into settings, phone, call forwarding and have it automatically forward to my voicemail number. So that's step number one that I did. Uh, And I did not buy, I could have bought an AT&T Canada plan for the month for a voice. Uh, I chose not to do that because I kind of figured I probably won't need to, you know, to deal with that. And I can use FaceTime to communicate with the family, especially with iOS 7. I can use uh, FaceTime audio only uh, on the the Wi-Fi in the hotel. And that actually worked totally fine. But I was bouncing around a little bit. You know, I spent some time not at the hotel. And I didn't want to be totally out of touch. So there were a couple of and and, and this is where this this Garmin thing sort of made me think of this. Uh, The first thing I did was I didn't want to have necessarily have to rely on a data connection uh, just to figure out where the heck I was in Montreal. So Apple Maps is out. Google Maps is out because those both rely on data connection. Now, sure, I could have found, you know, Starbucks or whatever and and use their Wi-Fi, but I didn't want to have to rely on that so before i left i put the um uh i want to make sure i get the name of the app right but i put the navigon north america app on my phone and i downloaded the uh the maps for quebec so i had the map of montreal local on my phone and uh even in airplane mode i still um could use it. And yes, the GPS seemed to work. Uh, I guess I wasn't in airplane mode, but I had, you know, I had my calls forwarded. So that was, uh, that was step number one. And I also added the, um, what what's called urban guidance to the app, uh, which is uh, their fancy term for pedestrian guidance. So that in a city I can get walking directions and public transit directions and all that stuff. So that, that part was handy. Incoming text messages are free for AT&T customers even when you're out of the country, outgoing would have cost me 30 cents or a dollar depending on how I sent the message. So, uh but I wanted I did want a moderate data plan or minimal data plan. So for 30 bucks I got 100 and I think I get 120 megabytes or something, which seems very very limiting. And it is, but it allows me to send iMessages and uh and also check email and and look things up if I needed. So that that's kind of how I handled my 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 travels And actually, I think I only used, I think I used less than 10 megabytes of it, probably because I had the maps preloaded. So it'd be nice if you could preload maps with with Apple's app, but you can't, at least not in any obvious way.
1: So hopefully you you were able to adjust your, um, adjust to the uh, units that they use in Canada. So you didn't think that all of a sudden the speed limit uh, increased.
0: Yeah, I actually changed my car when I when I crossed through the border. So that, that was oh. yeah, I can change the. Because last
1: I checked, uh, Canada, well, like the rest of the world, uh, uses uh, kilometers, right? In yes, miles they do. per hour. So yeah, yeah. So if you think the speed limit's going up, you you may have you may be in for a rude awakening.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The speed limit was yeah, the maximum was a hundred, the uh, the minimum was seventy, but but of course they meant in in kilometers per hour. Yep. It was a little disconcerting, though. You know, like I said, interacting with people, they were so nice. Uh, I was apologetic about not speaking French. They didn't really seem to care. In fact, the first night I went out to dinner with a guy who lives with Guy English who lives in Montreal. And when we got to the restaurant, he transacted like the whole getting our table in English. And when we sat down, I asked him, I'm like, you live here. And here I am worried about, you know, offending these people and not speaking French. And, and you live here and you just talk to him in English. He's like, oh, yeah, I think in English all day long. I'm dealing with people. He's like, it's just not a big deal here. So uh, so that part wasn't a big deal. But yeah, road signs when I was, you know, alone in the car, I can figure out what exits are and all that uh, and certainly had the GPS to guide me. But construction signs and detour signs and those kinds of things in a foreign language, uh, a little bit put, put me a little bit on edge. So it was, you know, it was like, Oh yeah, you're kind of a fish out of water here. So anyway, I share, I didn't get a speeding ticket, which was good. I didn't get caught by be, because I didn't speed. Cause I just didn't want to risk that. Yeah. <laughs> the radar detectors are really illegal in Canada.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have the freedoms we have here. to Pick up. That's right. Now I found the same thing when I traveled to Paris a number of years ago. As long, even even if you try, the thing is almost everybody knows English. That they take it right. in school, but right. uh, but if they see you try, then they they you know at least you get a little little respect. But yeah, yeah you yeah. can you can conduct. And the thing is, when 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 money is involved, um, a lot of times you don't even need language.
0: Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah, well, that's what I did. I mean, I, I did actually in Montreal, they would have accepted us dollars pretty much everywhere I went, but huh. I did get some Canadian money just to, to be a little less offensive and a little less, you know, ignorant American, uh, kind of thing. But they're really used to that there. It just didn't matter. I apologize when I got to the hotel cause I tipped the guy that helped me with my car and my luggage and I hadn't yet, you know, gone, gone to an ATM, ATM or whatever. And, uh, And I apologize. He's like, no, no, no. It's so, you don't need to apologize. It's just, it's all money. He's like, we're fine. (laughs) Okay, great. So anyway, a little bit of detour for us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, You know what I want to do though, John? I want to talk about our first sponsor, which is gazelle at gazelle.com. And you know, there's a rumored Apple event coming up uh, a week from tomorrow, perhaps. And, uh, So, you know, the rumors are that some kind of new iPad is coming. So if you think that you might want to order or get that new iPad that's coming out, today is the day to go and lock in your price at Gazelle for your old iPad if you want to trade one in. Because after they go on sale, Gazelle's prices tend to go down. So go visit Gazelle today, gazelle.com. Tell them what you have. You just do it right online. You could probably do it faster than I'm telling you about it. You put in the condition, you put in the size, put in you know the the model if it's a Wi-Fi only or you know uh, if it's AT and T or Verizon or whatever it is. Put all that in, put the condition in, and they'll give you a quote. If you like it, say yes. They send you a box. You've given them nothing other than your address. No money exchanges hands until you send it back to them. Prepaid sh- shipping in both directions by them. They cover everything when they get it back they evaluate it make sure it's what you said it was and if it is paypal you the money that's the only time money exchanges hands is when they're giving money to you that's it gazelle.com it's the place to go and check all that out they'll take care of you their customer service is unparalleled uh, i've experienced it but so have many of you and the the testimonials we get from you folks uh, frankly mean a whole lot more than than uh, just just my experience alone and they're all fantastic. So uh, so check it out. Gazelle.com. And, uh, and when you're going through the process, they will ask you where you heard about it. And there is a, uh, in their down you'll find Mac MacGeekGab there. Please choose that. A, that lets them know that this works and, uh, and it helps us out too. Uh, because it lets them know that this works. And, uh, and we like that. So check it out. Gazelle.com. Sell your, and you can sell your iPhones, iPod Touches all that good stuff. In addition to iPads gazelle.com. We thank him for being a sponsor. All right, John, what are we moving on to now? Where are we? Time wise. Do we even know uh, where we are?
1: Do you Uh, 40, 42 minutes,
0: 42 minutes. That's good. All right. So we got time here. Uh, Okay. So we can move on to Steve, right? Are we allowed to move on to Steve at this point? I think we can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Steve says, uh, Hey guys, hope you're well. He says, I just came across this and thought of you boys. If you drag an appointment in OS Ten's calendar app, it snaps to the nearest 15 minute time slot. Very handy. If however, you hold down shift, you can move it with to the minute accuracy. He says, I know it's a small thing, but Hey, cool. So yeah, if you've got an appointment that starts at, Say 10 after the hour, you can still do it with dragging. You don't have to click into the event and type the time. You can do it with dragging. You just got to hold down the shift key. Thanks, Steve. That's pretty cool. Good stuff, John. Don't you think?
1: I think. And I have a, a little follow up here, a, a keyboard related one. Um, on the next show, we'll go into a bit more detail because uh, I actually stumbled across it trying to solve the a user issue and I did solve it in a clever way. But again, you have to wait till next week, but um, I think it was brought up before, but I uh, must not have been paying attention here, but um, you can get finer grained resolution on a number of things. And and the other, well, the other thing here is, uh, so most Macs have keys that will let you adjust the volume up or down, or maybe the brightness or some other things. Well, if you hold down alt and shift while you do that, you get finer grained uh, rather than moving, one increment, I think it moves a quarter of an increment. So if you need that fine grain control over any of the things that you can set through the keyboard, uh, Alt and Shift
0: is something to try out. And that works with, uh, with brightness of your screen, right? And the sound. And volume. Maybe, I don't know if it works with the brightness key- of the keyboard. I don't have a laptop in front of me to test that.
1: Yeah, I can't test that now either because okay. my keyboard's not lit up because the room is too bright. So oh, you can change that too. You know. Yes, I know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Of but course. I don't want to get too distracted here. No, well, that's probably
0: a good idea. All right. Yeah. Um. You know, I will also point out, and I know we've mentioned this in the past, but uh, but it is worth pointing out again: is a piece of software called Boom, which will make the audio louder. And I use it uh, anytime I need to watch a movie or decide to watch a movie on my MacBook Air where I need to um, where I need to play it through the speakers. Like if, if Lisa and I are watching a movie together in a hotel room or something, we can't put it on the TV or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's never loud enough to actually hear, especially if the like the the fan, the, those those hotel room fans in the in the air conditioners are, and the heaters are so loud. Uh, probably because they're at like ear level or above. And so it just, you know, dominates the room. So, uh, so this software called boom, it makes it louder by actually using car, core, core audio, I think. Uh, but it somehow gets in there and presume core audio, core audio. And it, it enhances the sound. It it compresses it. It brings it up. Uh, it, it adds a bunch of gain to it. You can actually have it add too much gain and, and distort things, but you can also back off from that too. And it really, really makes a big difference. It's from a company called Global Delight, but um uh it's it's one of my uh it's one of my favorite pieces of software out there. So we'll put a link to that in there too. I know it's a cool stuff found reprise, so we won't spend any more time on it here, but it is good stuff because I think we just talked about it a couple of months ago, the last time I used it. it is good. Yeah? We got mm-hmm. anything else, John? Or should I should I move on to uh So this next thing continue. Okay. The next thing we need the next thing. Do we, do we have to, (laughs) um, Marco writes, and uh, I think this came in about a month ago. This is, uh, on a recent Mac geek so about a month ago, you talked about various options to store data between devices, computers, and external hard drives and share in the cloud. I recalled, I saw on a Mac news site, something about a Kickstarter project that could do all that in a very easy way. The project was called plug, but they had to change the name and it is now called Lima. It works on OS 10 windows and Linux with iOS and Android apps too. Uh, They needed 70 grand and got 1.2 million. So he says the funding period ended. uh, So just a few days ago, but uh, he'll put a link to the, we've got a a link to the uh, Lima Kickstarter project. And what it does is uh, it's very interesting. You, um, connect this device It's small you connect it to your ethernet it's got an ethernet jack on one side and a usb jack on the other and the the real benefit and and uh so ethernet you connect to your router the uh 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 uh, usb port you connect to a hard drive or a, a hub with a series of hard drives that are yours and then the app is where the app's is where things start getting very interesting and it becomes like your own private cloud. I mean that's actually really what it is. Um and the app looks to I mean we haven't played with it yet, but the app looks to do all all sorts of things. Playing, you know, you can see your pictures, you can play movies. Uh, obviously you can share files and it keeps a history of them. So uh so this looks to be a very very cool thing. The the pricing on it of course will change once it comes out, but I think there was, you know, it was in that hundred and it'll probably be 150 bucks. Uh, No, actually uh, that was, that was for two of them. So you could have your data in two different places. So maybe it's going to be, you know, 80 bucks or something for one of these things when it comes out and they think they'll deliver in April. So it's pretty cool. Something to, something to check out. Thanks Marco. It's it's very, you know, it's nice to see this kind of solution happening very, very simply, which is good. Very good right anything on that john
1: uh i've been seeing some uh i have to I have to look at them more i've i've been seeing a lot of devices that let you do wireless sharing of of media which uh, i think is neat
0: Hmm. okay well this would be wireless i mean you know it it's uh you're putting it into your you know you're putting it on your network so your your devices mm-hmm. could see the data wirelessly too it's good Hey, um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna screw up our order a little bit here, John, because I wanted to talk about PhiloSync too, which is also, I'm gonna call it a personal cloud, uh, service. So, PhiloSync comes from uh, Stefan. I'm gonna screw up your name, uh, Shamer, uh I think. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna screw up your name. He makes Arc arq the uh the backup service that backs up to your own uh amazon web service your own aws account and so PhiloSync can use aws um at, at, to run your own personal cloud and there's a mac app uh, a client app for the mac and also client apps for ios and for um i think yeah mac and ios and uh It's pretty cool. You go into Amazon Web Services and you can, depending on how much space you need, you can actually set up a free account. So you get your account there. Your data is stored in a container on Amazon Web Services, but it is encrypted with a key that is only on your devices. So it it, even if, you know, the feds go and raid Amazon, which, of course, I'm sure they do. uh, They can't decrypt your data without your key. Amazon does not have the key to this. They have your data, but only in encrypted form and uh and i think it's 79 bucks a year to run this service uh you can run the service again on your amazon account if you want or there is a way that you can set up the uh service to run on your mac as well so uh if you don't want to put it on amazon you can do that, too. Of course, your Mac has to be on and your network has to be accessible in order for your iPhone or, or your remote Macs to get at your data. But it's yet another interesting way of doing your own, you know, roll your own cloud server um, kind of thing where you're not relying on Dropbox. You're paying for your own storage or providing your own storage, depending on which way you do it. And uh, you can put it on a Mac or a Linux machine. I, there might even be a way to stuff it onto some routers somewhere that run Linux that I don't know. Don't don't hold me to that, but certainly worth checking out because that would be actually kind of cool. I got to look into that now that I say it, because I could, I might be able to put it on one of my Buffalo routers running DDWRT. So it's cool. It's called f i l o s y n c F I L O S Y N C.com. And, uh, it's interesting. I, I love all this cool stuff. I'll put a link in the, the show notes to the, 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 the way to install it on your the standalone server. It's a Java thing. So nothing wrong with running Java apps. I, 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 I hate that this whole Java um, exploit in web browsers makes people a little hesitant to run Java, you know, applications on their Macs. There's no reason to, to hesitate that. But I might be able to put it on my disk station if it runs Java. So I got well, to mess with this. This is too cool phylo it's worth checking out any thoughts on that john not yet not yet all right well there you go
1: i found another cloud service i was surfing around the other day yeah, yeah i gotta uh i gotta go uh, my menu bar is getting crowded here you need bartenders yeah i know no i, was buying, I, uh, yeah, no, no, I okay. was buying some stuff uh, on amazon the other day and i kind of noticed something in the corner of the screen it's like hey how about your uh, amazon cloud man Oh yeah. So they offer five gigs like like most people, they'll offer you five gigs and and I think if you if you purchase stuff from them, I think uh you have the option to sync it to your uh, Amazon uh cloud account. Uh I'm pretty sure they do that. I mean other uh, you know, other than that, it's like, you know, why do you need yet another? <laughs> I mean, I'm loaded up here, man. I mean, I got Dropbox, I got sugar sync, I got Amazon cloud, I got this cloud, that cloud. Are you using BitTorrent cloud station? Sync?
0: <gasps> no. Oh, you should BitTorrent Sync. It's like you know, it's it's the wave of the future. It's yet another one of these things, mm-hmm. but it's it's secure and it's peer to peer. It's it, your data mm-hmm. is kind of like you know, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yes, yes, yes. All right, you got anything else, John? Or should I should I take one? I, mean, I know we never will get through all of these. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, well, it looks like you're next on the list here. Okay. So today, uh, and I, I, am realizing now I should have dragged my, my son over here. Uh, today, this morning, about 20 minutes before we started recording Sonos, you folks know I'm a big Sonos fan. It's so easy to use their stuff. They, you just plug it into your network and it accesses your, it's, it's essentially wireless, uh, audio at high quality audio, I will say, but it, You plug it into your network and it accesses your streaming music. It'll also access your iTunes library so you can just play music. And then where it really gets interesting is when you add a second Sonos device and you can either have them playing the same thing. You can have them play different things. They all kind of network themselves together. It's super, super simple. And uh, it just works. So today they came out with the newest member of the Sonos family called... The play one. one hundred and ninety nine bucks. Uh, it's actually got two speakers in it, so I guess it should be called the play two, but they chose to call it the play one. Uh, it's got a woofer and a tweeter. It's a tiny little thing with a huge sound. I They might hate me for saying this, but it's, it's like one of those stand up tissue box sized things. It looks much cooler than a tissue box. It's actually really elegant. Uh, and it sound the sound with it is huge. Uh, they send me a. Uh, a couple of them to play with, but I knew I wasn't going to be back until late last night. And I knew I wanted to talk about it on the show today. So after swearing my son to secrecy, uh, I told him to open the box that on, this was Friday afternoon while I was in Montreal and, uh, and he set them up, which is a Testament. I mean, he's actually really, really smart, but uh, you know, it, it, I, I knew with beyond a shadow of a doubt that he'd be able to set these things up, configure them, add them to our, our system, it, all with his iOS app. And uh, and certainly he did, he actually set them up uh, individually first and then put them in uh, a stereo pair, which you can do with, with uh, really anything from Sonos. And uh, in our kitchen previously, we had a play three. And so we set one of these up. And then last night when I got home, I actually got home a lot earlier than I thought. So I played with them for quite a while. These things sound really good. Uh, they, they betray their size. And, uh, and 199 bucks, it's an awesome way to either get into Sonos just to begin with or to add to your Sonos, uh, setup. You know, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that for us where we've got quite a bit of Sonos stuff already. Um, I would definitely use these as, you know, in the bedroom units if we didn't already have play threes in our bedrooms. So now I would think, uh, if I were to get some of these, I would use them as in the bathroom units, uh, because it'd be awesome to have Sonos in the bathroom. Uh, But, uh, you know, nice while showering or whatever. You've got to keep it, you know, away from all the steam, obviously. But uh, they they sound fantastic Um, compared to the play three. They have, I would say, just as much low end as the play three and uh, a little bit more. The sound signature adds a little bit more mid range, but not necessarily or not at all in a bad way. It actually fills out the sound. Um, I wouldn't say they sound better than they play threes or worse. They just sound a little bit different, but, uh, but it's so nice and really convenient size because you, you know, you can just kind of tuck them into a, a corner or put them up somewhere. And, uh, and I think right now, if you buy it for one ninety nine, you get what's called the Sonos bridge. So when you set up Sonos, you have, uh, you have to plug some unit into your wireless, uh, into your router hardwired via ethernet. Once you have one unit in, as long as everything's within range, it will just send to all its other units, but you have to have that one. It can, that the one that's plugged in can be a speaker. If you want a speaker near your router and you may or may not, or, um, you can plug in, uh, what's called a bridge, which just does the bridge to create the Sonos wireless mesh. And, uh, and I think for one ninety nine, I think I saw this morning that they're even coming with a, a free bridge. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, I'm really impressed and I'm so happy that now for 199 bucks, you can get started with Sonos because uh, I think it's, a, it, it's, you know, that that's always understandably been sort of the complaint is, gosh, if I want to get involved in this, um, you know, now for less than 500 bucks, you can have Sonos in two rooms and still have hundred bucks left over 102. If you don't have to pay tax. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool pretty cool. I know you got to play with some sono stuff uh as a uh, helping a friend out sorting out his router recently, right John?
1: I think I was sorting out his router. So uh <laughs> so well we're still not sure what the problem is. Uh, he, he that's our friend Duffy, he's been in touch with you too but Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Something's. Uh, it, it, you know, it's like a lot of these things go. So he brought his entire Sonos setup and because he said he was, well, he wanted to, he was having some issues with it, not streaming properly. I don't know what was going on, but he brought the, lugged the whole thing over to my house and we plugged everything in, including an inexpensive router that I uh, sold him and, uh, and it worked. Yep. And he brought it back home and is having issues. And I, I think it may be his, uh, you know, layout, you know, 'cause could I'm be. in a relatively small space and I think he's he's trying to make it work in a larger environment. And I think he may be running an in interference and stuff like that. But could uh, be. Yeah, yeah. No, I was pretty impressed. I mean you, you walked me through a bit of it, but it was uh you know, I didn't read any manual or anything. I just kinda, you know, plugged everything in, ran their app and uh, it pretty
0: much worked as expected. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. I thought about taking them with me, like if we go Yeah, um, not to a hotel room, although you could. um, But, you know, when we go and travel and do like the home away thing and and stay at an apartment for a week, this would be the size thing that you could throw in a a suitcase. I mean, you wouldn't throw it in a you could even throw it in like an overnight, you know, a a carry on bag kind of thing, because it's that small and you just plug it in and good to go. So. So, yes, good stuff. Really excited about this one um yeah for a lot of reason good stuff all right what do you got john what's next dave these people
1: are crazy all right so i'm going to mention so this is like multiple tips in one here but i mention the first tip here so uh some you know i'm into uh cameras and photography i just posted uh i just had fun the other night doing some night photography that gets to be a challenge depending on your camera sure um but there's a site that I've used in the past and currently uh, that is a great help because the thing is there's so many cameras out there it, it's 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 impossible uh, or it's very difficult to make an informed choice because there's just so many variables. I mean, how do you make a choice? Well, you could go to a site where they take cameras and break them down by class, but also let you compare the ins and the outs. And the name of the site is SnapSort.com. And they basically let you, you know, pick a few, they'll either give you pre, uh, you know, uh, previously agreed upon, you know, uh, categories. So they will have like travel zoom, tiny pro, uh, semi pro, uh, DSLR, professional, things like that. And then give you what the top choices are and also let you compare side by side because you may have uh, different uh, requirements than the people who decided this is the best camera for for this or that. So uh, very good site for that. And I think they do a very good job uh, allowing you uh the the only weird thing is that uh, they don't seem to have the camera that I recently got the uh, the Polaroid camera. They don't have that in their database. I'll have to find out why. Oh, interesting. It's maybe, a really maybe you need to put it in there. Uh, well, I think they got people to do that. Oh, okay. It's tough <laughs> so to ask them. But yeah, it's the only thing uh yeah, I found a couple of Polaroid cameras, but not the not the particular one that I have. It seems to be a very Unknown camera, which is too bad because I I think it has some nice features. The uh, IS twenty one thirty two, I think it is. But then, Dave, you know that they haven't. They've decided to not just do cameras, but they took their expertise in doing the camera comparisons, Dave, and now they have a whole bunch of other sites here. So they have one called geekaphone and uh, as you can probably guess, here it lets you compare telephones. And I guess maybe tablets, but mostly here. So I'm looking now. And so it'll have, you know, has Galaxy, iPhone, stuff like that. So you can compare phones.
0: Of course, you know, there's really no comparison, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I don't understand the premise of this, John. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, uh, the, the premise could be
1: that, it, Yeah. Well, no, I, I uh, I'll i admit it. I, I know some people that have uh, uh Android phones and, and they're fine phones. Oh, they are. Actually, they're, uh, they're, I,
0: there's quite a few Android phones that that are very, very cool. And I, yeah. I would I would love to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. No. I mean, some of them are, are
1: ridiculously huge and stuff like that. And uh, but Android's a fine OS. I, I guess my only yeah. gripe about Android is that it's a very fragmented marketplace, especially when I looked at it as a developer is you got all these different flavors of the OS and it, and it becomes very difficult, I think for app developers to, uh, uh, target all of them. Uh, so, yeah. But then, so d- so they have that. Thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So they have that site as well. Then they have another one, Dave. So once you dive into the camera space, uh, all the cameras that I have, have, um, uh, a fixed lens. So there's no choice. The lens you get is the lens you get, but if you get a DSLR, uh, Another thing you have to decide on is, well, what kind of lens do I get? And so they also have a thing called Lens Hero, which will let you compare different lenses. Oh. Uh-huh. And then finally, so not only do they have, so there's SnapSort for cameras, Geekaphone for phones, Lens Hero for lenses, and then finally, Dave, well, why the heck not? <laughs> they have their final site here, which I think is their most recent, called CarSort. So you want to compare cars? Go ahead. <laughs> huh. I love these guys. I, I think they started with with comparing cameras and then sure. learned that whatever engine or whatever they have in the back there is is probably well suited to to let you uh, compare and rank not only
0: cameras, but other things as well. That's so. really smart. Ah, I like it. That's awesome. Boy, That you're right. That was a four in one. A four for.
1: Yeah. So if you go to Snapsort.com, dot com, you'll see that they, they have links where you can quickly access all of the other sites here. Sure. Sure. Cool. Yeah, that's them. And then if we're talking, you know, I'm on a roll here, but I think, uh, let me see if it makes sense to uh, talk about something else here. Well, if we're talking about cameras, Dave, right, I'll I'll just mention this quick because it just happened, kind of like the Sonos thing. I mean, we're on the leading edge here, Dave. So uh, we recently talked about Dropcam, which is a a, a security camera. I would say a security camera that lets you do audio and video. And just this week, Dave, or last week, they introduced a new one. so i have the existing one which is their regular drop cam but now they introduce drop cam pro so it basically has better resolution more zoom and a wider field of view uh and i think also a ios setup as well so uh uh-huh. there you go yeah if you go to the site you'll see a drop cam pro so they have the regular and and the pro Regular is 149 the pro is uh 199 all right so, so maybe maybe they can uh, you know because I I think if if we wanted to see Hector, uh, we want to see Hector in all her uh high res glory. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Yeah, actually that would be really cool to uh to have the uh the the the, the new TMO and Mackey mascot um ex- exposing herself for the world. That's the wrong way to say that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 But that's that's what we mean. She's crazy, by the way. She, uh, so I
1: heard, I heard she had a little, uh, conversation with, uh, Lisa was posting a conversation. She's so smart, dude. It it's just baffles crazy. me that you could, you can, you can interact with the burden that there's intelligence. I, I, yes. I still
0: no. It it's it, cool. It's yeah. It's not just, yeah, it blows. It It's not just that they can say words or mimic what you've said. It's that they actually understand what they're saying often. Uh, Yeah, she's nuts. It's great, though. It's really, really cool. She's really smart. Uh, Okay, so we've got Dropcam Pro. We've got all that good stuff. Uh, You know, okay, so now we'll go into the roll your own category. Uh, No. Uh, And we'll talk about airfoil for the Mac, because Mark uh, suggested that as part of Cool Stuff Found. What did I do here? I totally screwed everything up. No, not that. All right. I don't know what Mark said. Cause I can't pull up his email because I'm being an idiot about how I use, uh, how I use my organizational utilities here. There it is. Uh, he says, I just thought that I would write about one of my favorite Pat Mac programs called airfoil one that you cannot obtain on the Mac app store because of their rules for sandboxing. He says, I really enjoy having the speaker component on my iPhone and iPad. It's nice to be able to stream, uh, to sound and turn them into wireless speakers without the need, uh, of an airport express. So airfoil, uh, is in the "Roll your own remote audio category. And they have an app for iOS called airfoil remote, uh, and also an app for the Mac that, so, uh, from your Mac, John, you have an Airport Express, and you can stream uh, iTunes and QuickTime audio to your Airport Express, right? Right? Uh, oh, QuickTime? I okay, think so. Oh, I haven't so. tried that. Uh yeah, okay. I suppose. I think Definitely so. from within iTunes. Certainly. Well, yeah, iTunes. no,
1: I think from within iTunes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what Airfoil lets you do is, uh, and you can, it's a free download. Uh, And you can get this, uh, he said, but, but it's a free, you can, you can test it for free, but after 10 minutes, it starts adding noise to the signal. It's 25 bucks to get a license key. So uh, airfoil streams audio from any app. Uh, These are, these are from the same folks that make uh, the things we use to record. John, uh, I use audio hijack pro you use piezo, but, uh, but these folks at rogue amoeba really understand how to work with audio on the Mac. So, If you want to, say, take Spotify or Mog or RDO or Pandora or really any app that's producing audio on your Mac and stream that audio to your Airport Express, you can do that with Airfoil. And that's what it does. It grabs that audio and then lets you stream it to uh, an Airport Express. And then, as Mark was saying, you can get the Airfoil remote app uh, which will run it's five bucks. It runs on your um, iPhone or iPad and you can stream audio from your Mac or control audio from your Mac on a or, or on your iPhone. You can do both. And as Mark says, he then takes his iPhone he puts it into a wireless speaker dock. And now he's got audio coming from his Mac streaming. And of course it can all be synced up. So it's a, uh, you know, essentially a, it use your own hardware, and roll your own wireless streaming audio Sonos-like thing in your house. So, uh, very good stuff. Check it out at Rogue Amoeba. Uh, we'll, put it in the, uh, we'll put it in the show notes because that's what we do. Thanks, Mark. Airfoil. There we go. All right. What else do we got, John? You got one for me? We got time for a couple of more. Yeah. um one more each ish
1: well i guess i'll mention uh something that i've recently gotten i've been learning more about dave here but this is um uh it's different from what you have but uh you know we've talked about synology yep okay yeah yeah but i'll talk about it here so so what i have uh so i have and i intentionally got a model that dave doesn't have because that's that's you know That's how you are. That's how I roll. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to get the same thing. It was kind of redundant. You know, I wanted a different experience here. Sure. Um, And also, you know, I just uh, thought it'd be good for us to, uh, you know, learn about the different aspects of their product line. Absolutely. So uh, you have, which one do you have again, Dave? Uh,
0: I have had the DS412, which is a four bay uh, unit Mm. with an Intel chip. Uh, And then uh, now I have the DS1513 plus, which is the five bay unit with an Intel chip. And the Intel chip's important for I think what you're going to talk about now, uh, and and which model do you have, John? So when I was talking to them, I said, you know what, I really at
1: this point, well, I said, you know what, I I don't know if I need one with four or five bays. I'm like, do, do you guys have anything with you know maybe maybe a couple of bays? Yep, with room for future expansion. And they said, yep. What you want, what you want to check out, John, is the DS Seven Thirteen Plus. So uh, out of the box, this is a, you know, uh, well, they all are. I think, you know, they're pretty powerful units here. I think this is you know, has a dual core CPU. And yeah, as long and as it's got an Intel chip, that's the real trick is you need that. Yeah. For apps. Yep. So it's got a dual core. Uh, it has two network interfaces, which I guess, you know, they can buddy up. Um, uh, it'll support USB three. But then the important thing about this one, Dave, is that if you want to. So right now I only have two drives in it. Uh,
0: set up with their uh, somewhat proprietary. Uh, what, what do they call it? Um, they call it Synology Hybrid RAID. And and yes, what that SHR. What that lets you do, in short, is when you've got in your unit, not so much. Um, you basically need to use drives of the same size in order to get um, fault tolerance and maximize your space. But when you've got a unit that you know that's got four or five or eight bays, you can, or as you expand, if you add an expansion bay, um, you can add. And mix and match drives of different sizes and, uh, and still have it kind of coalesce them all together and, and make one big large volume. And that I, I find that hugely important. Drobo does that. QNAP does not do that. Um, I just got mm-hmm. one of their units. I'm hoping that at some point uh, in the not too distant future they will allow that because um, I want to mess with that. And I've got the, five, the Drobo 5N here to mess with so. I'll, I'll be playing with that stuff this week but anyway back to you go yeah
1: yeah so i set it up uh so right now uh i have it uh set up with uh three users so one is a uh, one user with an associated quota which is nice uh for for doing time machine backups. so one for my mini one for my macbook pro and then the rest of it is just the general purpose uh volume so that was the first thing i did but then dave when you popped in you you piqued my interest here because uh uh, not only does it do, you know, the raid type stuff uh, that a lot of others do.
0: They have apps. So this was the coolest thing. So you actually suggested that this, I get some apps here. So I this actually, is, this downloaded- is the reason I like, I mean, you've heard me. I, I think our listeners have listened to me more. I think you tuned me out uh, when I've, when I've started raving about Synology and their apps in the past, but I was glad to see you finally kind of latch on. This is good because this is the whole reason to get Synology, but go ahead.
1: Right. Well, one is their. I mean, the one thing I like is their DSM software, which, you know, is browser based and you access from a browser and it's it's like running software from a desktop. It's it's very well done. Yeah. Uh, But then they also have apps. And so I downloaded actually a couple of their uh, iOS apps. Now, you have to, you know, set up, you have to activate a lot of the sharing features like the cloud feature and, uh, you know, WebDAV and all that. But once you do, you can download these free apps here. So I downloaded, uh, so I got three of them right now. So DS Finder, I think, is just the general purpose, you know, gives you the status of it and all that. But then there's DS File and DS Cloud that allow you to access the various file sharing capabilities of of the unit as well.
0: Yeah. To me, it's just, I mean, mean, the stuff that... uh, and you're just talking about the, the Synology stuff. You haven't even branched out. Well, you haven't even seen, you, you haven't even gotten to the full range of Synology stuff, but that's fine. Yeah, keep going. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've peeked at the app. So if you, uh, if you go to one of the uh, control panels uh, that they'll actually show you, oh, well, there's all these apps you can add as well. You know, you can do uh, you know, music streaming and video streaming and yeah, uh, DLNA, I think, do, do they, or they do DLNA, is that oh, what it's yeah. called? Yeah, so, they, yeah. They, so if there's an app, if there's an app that lets you share stuff with people, um, (laughs) it probably exists somewhere. It's just mind boggling all the stuff they have.
0: And you can add. So what you're seeing now are either apps that Synology, and this is what's available and exposed by default. Uh, You're seeing apps that Synology has either written in-house and there's tons of them, everything. I think in fact, everything you've mentioned so far is stuff they've done in-house, including the audio streaming and all of that. And then they've also got some, what I'll call official partners that, they include their apps. And I think it is possible now for people to charge for apps. I haven't run into an app that is not free, but I think that's possible now. Uh, So there's that, but then you can add uh, anybody can make an app. And I actually wrote an app for the, for the uh, my synology to manage my, uh, I'm going to regret saying this because now I'm going to have to release it and actually polish it up so that it's releasable. But uh, I wrote an app so that I could run stream baby which is a TiVo streamer on my Synology. I was running it without an app before, but every time I updated the software, I had to reinstall and reconfigure the thing. And now that it's in a package, it's all good. But uh, you can, you know, third parties can release apps and they can actually release them on their own repositories. So you add the repository in and boom, now you can see stuff. And that's how I've got CrashPlan running on mine and other cool stuff like that. So it's cool. The audio streamer is awesome. I, you know, if you have your audio library on your, on your NAS already, you install audio station on the NAS, which is again, a a free app from Synology. And then you install DS audio on say your iPhone. And then when you're out in your car, you can stream audio from your disc station to your car. It's like rolling your own iTunes match. It's awesome. And it works great. I highly recommend it, John. It's good.
1: Yeah, good. No, indeed. OK, so I'm still I should, I should set a goal of, you know, maybe installing an app a, a week and learning about it. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. That's <laughs> yeah, actually time.
0: that's the right way to do it. It It. Yeah, I will absolutely uh, say that there is so much you can do with these Synology things that it's overwhelming um, and they have a whole thing that I've never even messed with called. I'm going to I'm going to get it wrong. I, I think it's surveillance station, but I don't think it, it, where you hook up. Um, uh, cameras right all over your your house uh, or office or whatever and then the Synology will manage them and give you your own web interface to stream those cameras to you know securely to wherever you want so maybe that's the way we we do the the Hector thing I, I, I should I should mess with this this is I don't know why I haven't but it, I haven't because it's just very very you know there's so much to do I've only done so much so it's fun right
1: fun yeah I saw that. Yeah, when I was looking through the apps, I saw one where it had a, a little camera. Yeah. As the icon. So it must be, a, yeah, it must be that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right. Bruce says, uh, you recently spoke about file renaming software that you use. Name Changer is free and might work for a cool stuff found. Even cooler for you guys specifically uh, is the blog where I found this called the AmSys, A-M-S-Y-S blog. But he's right, uh, is a Name Changer. It is, uh, it allows you to set all different kinds of rules and then rename your hol- your, uh, your, your files, uh, with that. So, uh, and it is at com. Sorry, not rr, mrrsoftware.com, but you don't need to remember that. We'll put, uh, we'll put a link directly to Name Changer in the, uh, in the show notes. It's donationware, so you can certainly download it and mess with it for free. But, uh, but, yeah, that's cool. It's it's a batch name changer, which is super handy sometimes. Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I did find it. Yeah, surveillance station. Yes,
0: it I is surve- I guessed it, it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I will... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I just haven't learned enough about it. Um, I'm curious. Do, do you have to have the cameras plugged into the... Um, plugged into um, the 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 disc station because it has USB or some of them have USB ports or or can you have them well, wireless says, on your network?
1: Well, it says it's a web based application that manages IP cameras. Okay, so uh, so I'm not sure if you can use like USB cameras with it.
0: No, you probably wouldn't. You'd probably use standalone IP. Maybe the IP. drop cam would work with it, right? I mean, maybe there's a way. Well,
1: they're for, oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. We we should talk to them because yeah, they're they Wi Fi. Uh, I don't know if they really reveal their. And I would assume they're doing some sort of TCP IP, but I don't I don't know if they make it available. That's that's a good question.
0: Yeah, it's I um there is uh I put a link in in our chat room here, John, uh to their IP camera support list. So I don't see Dropcam uh, brand in there. So that's how it goes. And then uh, Furbies, uh, in response to Bruce's suggestion for name changer, uh, suggested Better Rename 9. Uh, it is. Oh, I got to get to the U.S. store to get the price right. its nineteen ninety nine for Better Rename 9 and has a, a very robust looking user interface where you can set all kinds of things and how you want it to sort and all kinds of stuff. So we will add that in too, cause that's what we do better rename nine show notes created as you, as we, as we, as we go, um, we might have, we should have time for one more. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I am going to do this one cause this is cool. This sort of ties into what we were talking about at the beginning with, uh, with Singleton because if you want to develop apps you got to start somewhere and sometimes the best thing to do is to sort of shortcut yourself to payoff mode so that you can mess with something and create it and and experience at least uh, as at a top level the process of creating something and seeing that result and then that might be enough to dig you in deeper and uh chris has a cool stuff found suggestion that fits exactly in that realm he says I wanted to share with you, he says, I am no coder, but I have just made and had my first app approved. He says, uh, and the app is called Levin's Garden, and it's actually been out for a little while. This, this has been sitting in our queue for a little while. So L-E-V-E-N-S Garden, and we will put that in the the link to that in the show notes, of course, if it's still there in the store. Uh, he says the magic comes through something called BuzzTouch at BuzzTouch.com. You create the project through online control panels and linking cool plugins. Then you get to download and keep the entire code for you to tinker with as much or as little as you like in Xcode before submitting to Apple. The community at BuzzTouch is super helpful and helps steer me through creating my first app. If anyone has ambitions to develop for iOS or Android, I can certainly recommend BuzzTouch. So that's... uh, I love things like this because it truly is the uh, the way to get rolling with uh, you know with with the uh, the whole app store experience, right, John? No, that's how I that's how I approach things, man. Yeah, don't no, I think it's scratch. great. Well, yeah, but but with this, you don't have to start from scratch. That's that's the point.
1: That's, a, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, anything
1: I've developed, uh, typically, yeah, or, you know, good artists good artists borrow, great artists steal.
0: Yeah, this isn't really stealing, <laughs> right. though. I, I mean, no, I, no, I, no. I believe in that. No,
1: I know, no. It, you know. No, what I'm saying is development is rarely do you have to code something from scratch. Start right. with a framework or whatever. And, right. And, and, you know, you add the pieces uh, that you need. They're, they're already out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're right. They're out there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's cool. I love it. I love this kind of thing. I'm uh, I'm actually going to turn my son on to BuzzTouch, and he'll be mad at me that I didn't tell him three months ago or whatever when this came in. (laughs) That's okay. All in due time. (laughs) BuzzTouch. Yeah. Scratched off the list. It's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's the way to get, like you said, it's the way to get started, because what you get to do with something like BuzzTouch is you you know graphically uh, create this app by linking all these things together but then you can go look at the code behind it mm. and and then like he said you can tinker and, and and like you said John that you know starting in the middle allows you some frame of reference so
1: wow oh, it's good it's they good. filled a niche there you know yeah for the longest time I was hoping real because real makes a nice uh, platform yeah um, yeah Whatever they call it now, real uh, was real basic. No, I think it's a uh, real studio or real software.
0: Right, uh, right, right.
1: Yeah, but I don't All think right. they ever made the leap to. Uh... Oh, look at this! They changed. Oh, huh. I haven't been paying attention. Real software and real studio are now ZOJO. Huh? X O J
0: O. Interesting. That is interesting. Cool. All right. If you want to send in cool stuff found, or if you have questions uh, for anything, really, email feedback at MattGeekHab.com. Dave, you know, even in Canada,
1: you could send an email to feedback at com.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Feedback at MattGeekHab.com is what you said. That, that works in French, too. Um, so you can do it in the uh, the French-Canadian side of, uh, of Canada there. Uh, those of you that are premium members or uh, become premium members, you can email us at premium premium.geekhab.com. At and we do go through that stuff first, Though we do try to get through everything. This week with my traveling and John having to eat lunch with me, we didn't get through everything. <laughs> 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 right? I didn't spend all week eating lunch. Come on. Yeah, but you also didn't spend all week answering all the questions in the queue. So, you know, I was, I was trying to be nice about it. That's good. Some of the questions, not all of them. No. I know. You always leave the hard stuff for me, is what happens. You'll make a pass through, you'll take the ones you know, and then I gotta dig in. That's how it works. You can I dig in too, I though. Take the ones I, I take the ones I don't. Know. I know you do. I know. I'm giving you a hard time. That's what I gotta I do. That's how it works. Yeah, but you did explain you did explain object oriented the concept of of objects to me uh, at lunch and that was that was actually quite valuable I, I spent a lot of time cogitating on that on my uh, on my travels so.
1: I hope and, and yeah I mean there's plenty of backup material out there but yeah, yeah. The, it, it's a it's a powerful concept I don't necessarily think it's well it, it's easy to write something that's object oriented but still isn't built right or designed right I've seen it. Right.
0: right. You can write spaghetti oh. co- you can write object-oriented spaghetti code. Oh, that's going to be my it. specialty. Okay, Good, because I'm, <laughs> I'm really good at, at spaghetti code. I mean, I'm like, I'm a pro at that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, what else? Where were we? 206666 Geek is the number to call if you want to leave a voicemail for us. Geek, John is 43. Thirty-five. You can also wait, use there's more. Yeah, you can use the Mac Geekab App and you can send email. You can attach audio to it. You can uh, bookmark where you are in the show. Uh, if you want to, if you, you know, if there was a topic in the show that you wanted to like, oh, I got to go back to that Coda notes thing. But you're like on the subway or driving or whatever. Just leave a bookmark and then you can come back to it and listen to it later and, mm. um, you know, jump off at that point. This is good stuff check out the app in the app store that lets you do it what else john
1: <sighs> uh, facebook.com slash mac what can you see there you can see usually well almost always yeah you will see when the next show is that's right uh, you can also post messages uh when when i uh, lovingly handcraft the show notes and i'm done with that i will post a notification so if you want to keep up with what's happening with the podcast on Facebook. Facebook.com slash MacGeekGab. But there's also the Twitters. You want to find that guy? He's Dave Hamilton. I am John F. Braun. The podcast is MacGeekGab. The publication is
0: Mac Observer. Outstanding. That's it. That's what we got. We want to thank Michael Johnston from We Have Communicators podcast and GetAppler.com. Uh, yes, Michael, we are going to have you on the show soon. Uh, we just got to... Coordinate it, so we will make that happen this week. Now that I'm back from my travels, Michael takes this show, adds all the chapters, adds all of the links and images, sometimes even funny images that uh, that surprise that surprise us, which is awesome. And uh, and he does all that work uh, to make the show better for you. So thank you, Michael, for that. We also want to thank Cashfly. Uh, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com For the bandwidth to get the show From us to you Because that's important stuff too And uh, and the podcast marketplace Is uh, also what helps Support things here The uh, folks at Bare Bones With BB edit and Yojimbo Folks at Smile with Text Expander And PDF Pen Scan Plus uh, Of course the folks at Gazelle Sell all your stuff off Squarespace for your hosting needs, 10% off with MGG10 because it's October, which is the 10th month of the year. We will be back next week. But until then, John, I have a bit of advice for you that I learned traveling uh, in Canada. And that is. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get caught.
2: Made up